on March. Every league, every team, every game, every season. 8 to 10, tell a friend. This is where the experts meet to speak on a pros. You want to join the conversation, got to pick up the phone. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's the verbal version of the replay, the recap. The game seven, the draft, preseason, the rematch. Players and coaches, the man keeps you posted. Whether you're rooting for the home or away. Dirt, turf, hardwood, grass, a clip. We keep the conversation going and we cover it all. So when it goes down, you know the score. And when it come to sports talk, this ain't no small talk. This is the big leagues, the ball is in your core. The best place for debate and point of view. After further review, you know what to do. After further review 2.0, aka the sideline pass, you got the mayor in the building Wednesday night, man. Um, how we do it 8 to 10 p.m. live, the guy right man. Um, a lot of stuff going on, man, in the world, the world of sports, and in the world in general. Um, I hope you, you know, doing your thing, being safe, um, doing your due diligence, man. Um, this thing is not done, you know what I'm talking about, but um, it's hard to tell that, you know to people that are in Texas right now. Um, first of all, man, I'll be the mayor. I'm in the building. We got a lot to talk about. I got a lot of stuff on my mind. And um, it's going to be a, a nice one tonight, man. I'm, I don't really care about no callers and then that because, you know what I mean, I give it up. I give it up how I give it up. Um, I got my man PBJ in the house for me, pretty Bob James, a.k.a. ubiquitous Bob James. But we in the house, man. Um, a lot of stuff to get into, man. Um Gonzaga gave it up again. Um, I want to scream on them, right? Um, baseball is underway, all right? Um, Sam Donald got traded. Hooray. Um, I guess that messes up people's draft boards again. Um, and uh, the old guys are coming back. What happened? What do you say? You said it was affecting everyone's draft board. I said, except for mine. <laughs> except for, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, man. I'm just, you know, feeling some kind of way, man, because, again, man, um, you know, we got to give this thing a chance to kind of like, you know, let us get back to normal. But we can't get back to normal if everybody's jumping out the window. So I'm not, you know, um, really, you know, moving around and moving and shaking and popping like I usually do. But I do have um, some recording to do this weekend. So I will be moving around this weekend. I got to get this recording done. You know, because I rhyme too, man. I do music too. So I got to get this music done. And um, we're trying to have something out by Memorial Day. Okay, so we're trying to get this thing done. So it's nothing like it's it's cool to record in the crib at home, but it's it's nothing like having that studio vibe and you in the you know you in the booth and you doing what you do, you know. So we're going to get this thing popping this weekend, man. Um, get the mixing done and 
Um, all the other stuff is done, basically. Just haven't recorded the... We, we recorded the music, but um, nah, I want to I wanna, I wanna get into some other stuff, so we're going to do that this weekend, man. So that's what's popping with me, man. What's popping with you? I hope everything is good. You know what I mean? You maintain and doing what you got to do. All right. Um, <clears throat> send one up for my man DMX. You know what I mean? Going through it right now. Again, man, everybody you know, has somebody that's close to them. You know what I mean? It might not even be family. It might be your close friend. You know what I mean? It might be somebody that you respect. It might be somebody that you don't respect, but you still know them. You know what I mean? And they're and they going through some things. DMX is one of those dudes that we, you know, the, the, we hold close to our hearts, man. We don't care what people think. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, everybody goes through it. So I don't want to get off into a, you know, comparison and none of that, but just, you know, send one up for the homie DMX. And um, shout out to Rough Riders. You know what I mean? And um, let's get it popping, man. Um, NBA, I'm, I'm really, really, you know, glad as a Knicks fan that the Lakers are coming back to earth, you know, um, it was all about, you know, they were going to waltz to the NBA Finals and defend their championship and this and that. We all knew that that was contingent on them having a healthy, you know, uh, AD and LeBron. They don't have either right now. Um, and they're plummeting. The Lakers are playing. I'm happy with it. I love it. I love to see it. I love it. You know what I mean? Because it's forcing them now to really play some basketball and them teams in the, uh, on the Western, you know, the other teams in the Western Conference aren't, you know, going to say, oh, the Lakers don't have their two guys. We're going to, you know, um, you know, play, you know, feel sorry for them, knock it off. Um, I think that, you know, the Lakers are, you know, getting what the Lakers deserve. They try to do everything, get everybody and their mother to join the Lakers, literally. You know, and, and and they got the guys that they wanted. They got the went out and got the Drummonds and these guys and all of that. So, um, when you talk about what the Lakers are doing right now, they're you know they're looking like right now um, that they may you know be one of those teams that have to play in, and you don't want that. That's going to be a lot of wear and tear because LeBron's going to be out there a lot. Those are extra series, those are extra games against, you know, a top teams, you know. Um, and I think that that's going to, you know, um, heavy, heavy workload on LeBron. Um, you know, even with dealing with the workload that he already has, um, it's going to be more for him if they have to do that play-in thing, you know. Um, when you talk about the teams in the Western Conference, you talk about, like, Utah Jazz, um, who are dealing with, like, basically a soft part of their schedule. Um, they beat Cleveland, they beat Memphis, Chicago, and Orlando. So, you know, starting another, you know, long winning streak is that nine games. Um, they gave the Magic the business on Saturday at 18 three-pointers in the first half. I uh, gave with, you know, a situation that they had to deal with last week um, with the plane, you know, um, turbulence on the plane. I think they hit a flock of birds or something like that, and the plane turned sideways, and those guys were going through it, man. So the Utah Jazz, that franchise has always had to deal with some other stuff, from, you know, the moving around to, you know, the different situations. I mean, they made a couple of finals. The Carl Malone Stockton years, you know what I mean? But they couldn't get over that hump named the Chicago Bulls. 
But, um, again, the Utah Jazz, man, they always have some things going on with them. You know, and if you know your, your history a little bit, you can go back a little bit to the, you know, New Orleans Jazz, Pistol Pete, all that was going on with them. Um, then you kind of, like, see where, see where I'm coming from right there. But um, other teams in the Western Conference, man, that the, the Lakers are going to have to watch out for, man. Um, you know, a team like the Phoenix Suns. You know, uh, you know, everybody was like, well, the Suns, they were undefeated in the bubble. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? And and, and they're, you know, um, proving to people that that wasn't a, a fairy tale down in the bubble. I mean, their record is 35-14. They got, you know, the number two spot in the West. You know, Devin Booker is, is, is doing his numbers, continuing. Um, the Phoenix Suns don't really get a lot of press. They don't get a lot of publicity because why they're on the West Coast like that and I think that um, they, I think that that's good for them. They can go about their business. They can win their games. They can you know get uh, a top you know two or three seed in the in the West. You know what I mean? And 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 they could really you know prove that you know what they did down in the bubble wasn't a slouch when when the money's on the line. Okay, they've got the guys to do it. You know they got the veterans. You know the Chris Pauls of the world. They got you know young superstars. Guys under twenty five, the Devin Booker's of the world. So. They've got the team. They've got the personnel that really make a run now. Now let's see them do it. Um, you know, a team like Phoenix right now, I would expect for them to be no, no, no less than you know, in the third, you know, in the third spot in the Western Conference, man, because they're doing their numbers, man. I mean, Denver's doing what they do. Utah's doing what they do. You know, so it's going to be a brand new world for them, really, Phoenix Suns to try to, you know, compete for a top spot in the top seed in the West. Um, you got to look at Denver. Um, Denver, they won – <clears throat> all three of their games this week, and they still haven't lost since they, they traded for Aaron Gordon. You know, so, again, they beat the Clippers. So, again, um, you know, what they're doing is, is they're putting together a, a, a team that's going to be a problem when it comes to playoff time. You know, um, the kid, you know, uh, Aaron Gordon, you know, doing his thing, man, you know, shooting over 60% from the field. Um, he's continuing to get great looks. You know, he, I think he even mentioned that he never got looks like this when he was in Orlando. So, these are, you know, these are the best, you know, looks that he's been getting in his career so far. I think, um, you know, the new starting lineup, what you have in Denver, uh, uh, Nikolai uh, Jokic, Gordon, Will Barton, Michael Porter, and Jamal Murray is going to be a problem for anybody in the West. You know what I mean? Anybody in the West. So when you talk about um, a team to watch, you know, come playoff time, and, and, and the experience that they gained from last year when they had that classic against the Jazz. So, again, you know, and, and, and doing what they did in, in Western Conference last year, so they got the experience. Um, a team that, to me, is taking the downside is the Clippers. You know, we're still waiting for them. You know, they had the excuse last year. They were in the bubble. They didn't really have a chance to be together. They didn't, you know, ha, 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 ha. You know, okay, so now um, they're doing it, you know, with, you know, um, injuries, they do, you know, missing Kawhi, they were missing Paul George, this and that, and they lose to teams like Orlando that really, I think they had nine guys, the Orlando Magic, and the Clippers still lost. Um, I think that, you know, they, they had a nice win over the Lakers on Sunday, um, but I think that right now the Clippers are a team that are kind of like losing um, that, that, that shine that people had for them. The people who really like respected the Clippers were waiting for them to really, you know, go against the Lakers and do some things. But right now, you don't know what you're going to get as far as the Los Angeles Clippers are concerned, man, as far as the Western Conference is concerned. Um, 
another team in the West. Let's talk about Portland. I mean, you know, another team in the Western Conference, man, that's really, really, you know, good, but they got to find their way. And and I think that, you know, they want to have that championship aspiration, but they have to, you know, get past some other teams in the West, man. They, they showed last year that they can go to the Western Conference and, and do some things, but um, the teams that are ahead of them that could, you know, give them problems. And Damian Lillard, you know, uh, again, he's shown and proven that, you know, regular season playoffs that he could be a leader, but he wants to get that big stage. And I'm not mad at it. He has a team to do it as well. But I think that when you talk about Portland, and they have to, you know, I think they have a lot to prove. You know, because, again, if they got, you know, as they go, you know, other teams have gotten better. Other teams have made, you know, changes and um, improvements, things like that. While Portland is kind of like, you know, they kind of like ran steadfast. You know, and, and I'm not mad at it because they're competing. So, again, um, when you talk about what the uh, Portland Trailblazers are doing in, in regards to the West, they got teams ahead of them that are not going anywhere. You know, and I think that that's a situation that a team like Philadelphia has to deal with in the East. Um, you know, even with Joel Embiid coming back for the Sixers, I think um, when you have a guy like Joel Embiid, that people are still waiting for him to, you know, be that guy that people know know he could be. Um, and Ben Simmons and, and the rest of those guys, man, I think that, you know, in the in the Eastern Conference when you have Milwaukee, you have, you know, Toronto that's trying to come now and, you know, even Boston is trying to do some things and stuff like that. It's, it's the Brooklyn Nets. We don't know what we're going to get out of there, but we'll talk about them in a minute. Um, the Sixers, you know, are the team that people are waiting to really, really have those moments, you know, where people can say, well, this team is going to be dominant. Cause they can be dominant, you know, but it's just something. Every night it's something different that keeps them in that mix where it's like, you know, the potential is there, you know what I mean? Or can these guys play together? Or, you know, we tell you we have the coaching change, blame it on this guy, blame it on that guy. But when they go look in the mirror and say, hey, it might be us, you know, um, another team that has to, you know, um, think about that too is the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, I mean they have always, you know, done their thing on a regular season. You know, Giannis, you know, is going to do his thing. He's got his brother with him. Uh, Drew Holiday decided that extension of four years, one hundred and sixty million dollars. I thought I was tripping when I saw that uh, extension for Drew Holiday, four years, one hundred and sixty million dollars. So I mean, again, he's been, you know, doing his numbers, um, and I think that giving him the max extension can help him kind of to relax a little bit and know that he's going to be in Milwaukee and he could do his thing and, and, and handle his business. So um, Giannis is going to need that type of, uh, uh, of dedication and somebody that he knows is going to be there and not worry about outside influences and things of that nature um, having to be dependent on whether we're going to make the next step in our, in our postseason run and our postseason journey. Are we going to you know, go from – being, you know, um, conference finalists, contenders to being in the, you know, being playing for the, playing for the trophy, trying to get a chip, you know, um, the Brooklyn Nets. When you talk about Brooklyn, I, I'm a Knicks fan, so I don't really like talking about the Brooklyn Nets on some real stuff because um, they, you know, they're trying to. I don't want to say buy a championship. That's not. I don't talk like that. You know what I mean? They're doing what they need to do on a business tip, and they, you know, you, you see what it is. Um, but again, they still have to go and show and prove. That's why I don't get mad when all these guys gang up together and um, these guys play together and do what they do. Because first of all, they hardly play together. 
let's just keep it. Let's just talk about it. They hardly win it. Have these guys played 10 straight games together? No. You got James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Lamarcus Aldridge. You know what I mean? So, I mean, what, what, else, what else do we have? What else do you got to do? Who else you got to get? You know, so I think that um, when you talk about the Brooklyn Nets, man, they can get whoever they want to get. They still have to show and prove and get the job done, finish the job. Yeah, if you want to impress me, you got all these players, all these guys, all these guys who need the ball, but they're, they're making it work, so I can't be mad at that. They're making it work absolutely. You know what I mean? But, again, on uh, uh, are they really making it work? Because, again, man, um, you're going to have to have some kind of continuity, man, going into the playoffs. These guys are going to have to you know how to trust each other, you know, because they really hardly play together. They hardly ever play together. And I think that that might, you know, come back and, and, and bite them, you know. So um, we want to see the Brooklyn Nets do well, you know what I mean? Um, but I think that when you have a team like that, you know, when you have all type of superstars and all type of attitudes and all type of behaviors, it's going to be something that's going to be, that's going to impact from one to the title. It's going to impact the one to the title. So we'll see um, what happens with the Brooklyn Nets. And, and, and then, you know, trying to um, get out of the Eastern Conference. Um, the New York Knicks. I think that when you talk about the Knicks, I think you got to talk about a team that's still, you know, trying to find their way. People were jumping out the window a few weeks ago, you know, about, you know, how great the Knicks were. And I loved what was going on. We were playing with a little consistency. All right? We weren't, you know, 25 games under 500, you know. Um, Tom Thibodeau, so far so good. It's working out. Um, we're going to have moments where you know we're playing like garbage, and that and that's the that's the that's the value that I want to see us get out of because that's coming. It's definitely coming. All right. Um, you know, we had three straight losses to start the week. Then we beat um, the Detroit Pistons by forty-four points on Saturday. Um, of, of what do, what are we missing? What do we need? I think that you know we have to still have to learn how to, you know, get these guys together and get these guys into a flow of offense. And um, the guys are contributing. Everybody's doing what they got to do, even Obi Toppin. People was mad at Obi Toppin three weeks ago. Now they love him again. So I think even, you know, him being a rookie, um, and him, you know, having his situation where he goes up and down, he's going to have to learn. You know what I mean? And Emmanuel quickly is still, you know, he's still doing it in his numbers, being consistent. And that's the thing that I'm proud of. As far as the Knicks, I mean, 25 and 26, I'll take it. I'll take that. I'm not mad at that. I can't be mad at that. But I think that um, for me, we talked about this before, um, a successful season for me for the Knicks, I think if we can, you know, if we have to do the play-in things, I'm getting to the playoffs, and then we'll see what happens. All right? You got to win two straight games. Win two straight games in the play-in, and, and then we'll see what happens. If you can't win two straight games to, the play, to get into the playoffs, then I'm, I, I can't really call it a successful season because you played, you know, decent, very well, almost great basketball for a point. You know, people were respecting you, you know. But if you have to, you know, go from being fourth in the conference with people were, you know, uh, um, jumping outside, of, you know, jumping up and down and screaming outside of Madison Square Garden, talk about the Knicks back, the Knicks are back, the Knicks are back what? 
You know, I understand that these, you know, these are these, you know, young kids. They never really got a chance to experience the Knicks being, you know, a a contending team, and it's fine. I get it. You know what I mean? But I don't just want you to, you know, feel like, you know, um, you put all your eggs in one basket when it doesn't come through for you. Just have just temper your expectations a little bit. Be proud of what you see. You know what I mean? And some people were like, oh, a, a successful season for the Knicks to be getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, that's a dream. That's not a successful season. That's a dream. That's past successful. I get it. But let's be realistic. You know what I mean? So when you say a successful season, um, finish over 500. Okay? Finish in the top six in the East. That's a successful season for the Knicks. That's a successful season for the Knicks. Why? Because if you finish top six in the East, you don't have to do the play in. You don't have to play in the play in series to get in. You are automatically in the playoffs. So that's a successful season. Win or lose in the first round. Win or lose. If you don't have, if you finish top six in the East, that's a successful season for the Knicks. Absolutely. I'll buy it. I'll take it. You know what I mean? And then if we turn around and we get swept in the first round in the playoffs, then I'll be like, ah. But if we, you know, we, we play strong in the playoffs, I'm proud of my team. You know what I mean? And, I, and, I, and I'll definitely look forward to, you know, some improvement next year. We'll be better. We'll be even better next year. Because people didn't expect this from the Knicks this year. They didn't. And, and we've been missing Mitchell Robinson. And we've been missing Mitchell Robinson. You know what I mean? We waited for him to come back from the from the um the the broken hand. Then he comes back, he breaks his foot. So I, I you know, so again, I'm I'm still proud of my Knicks, man. And we're gonna make it happen to make it do what it do, man. But again, for me a successful season for the Knicks would be um a top six in the Eastern Conference and um we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about the rest, what happens after that. This is after further review, man. 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. You got the mirror in the building back in the stride again. We're going to take a pause for the cause. When we come back, we're going to talk some NFL with my man, PBJ. I like to talk about his uh, his draft board and all that good stuff, man. And I got some stuff to say about Sam Darnold, all right? This is after further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Let's get it. March 22, 2021, Medford, Oregon Faith-Based Broadcasting Network and Ministry, The Dove, had their First Amendment rights attacked and violated as they were permanently banned from YouTube, which is owned by Google. The only reason given to them for this banishment was that their content had violated the so-called community guidelines. This removal included over 15,000 videos of their guests and news broadcasts. Despite appeals and demands for the video's return, they are now permanently gone. The Dove has over 40 years of providing hope, encouragement, and giving a biblical perspective to current events. Despite these attacks on free speech, the Dove will not be silenced. They are finalizing plans to switch to a new digital platform, but they need your help. The new service will cost approximately $60,000 per year. Please pray about partnering with the Dove financially and helping them distribute their content and providing hope and encouragement to people all over the world. You can call them nationally at 800-373-5368, or you can give online at thedove.us. We at Action VR Network and our video platform, Action VR TV, took a stand in our support of the Dove by permanently deleting our YouTube channel that we operated for 
over 10 years, thus effectively canceling YouTube. This is in response to YouTube's cowardly actions against the Dove, who are currently seeking to take legal action. We encourage you to send a contribution to our new friends at the Dove as they look for a new digital platform to call home. Please support the Dove any way you can and end this big tech censorship once and for all. Again, that's 800-373-5368 or online at thedove.us. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped. Every relationship we've cultivated belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge... I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. 102.5 KZOK with Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Danny, describe Hollywood for me in 15 words or less. No problem. I left as fast as I could and came to Seattle. Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Mornings on 102.5 KZOK. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you could go to save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 541-423-5704 or message her at freedomlake.com slash gratefulheartphotography or heroes.app slash pages slash gratefulheartphotography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. During this crisis, over 37 million people don't have access to nutritious food. That's one in 12 seniors and one in seven children. But there is a way we can all help with Feeding America. Their network of 200 food banks are up and running, distributing food to communities in need around the country. If you need help or if you can help, please visit feedingamerica.org. 
to locate a food bank in your community. Together, let's feed the love. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg 365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. If you love tie-dye, you'll love tie-dye and dream it. You can style in great handmade tie-dye clothing, such as T-shirts, sweatshirts, and even masks, which come in handy during this COVID-19 pandemic. The best tie-dye work at affordable prices. You can order your favorite items online at freedomlake.com slash tie-dye and dreamin, heroes.app slash pages slash tie-dye and dreamin, or you can call Abigail Summers and Susanna Caton at 541-423-5704 anywhere in the United States. Born in the Pacific Northwest, Tie-Dye and Dreamin' is the place for you. Give us a call and start Tie-Dye and Dreamin' today. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than One Nostalgic Weekend. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. 102.5 KZOK with Daddy Bonaducci and Sarah. What would you say is the strangest thing you've ever ridden? Well, uh, I've ridden an ostrich, but I'm really looking forward to being strapped to the front of a hydroplane. Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Mornings on 102.5 KZOK.
This is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass. We're in the building live and direct Wednesday nights. You know how we do it, 8 to 10 p.m., 954-246-0398. Once again, 954-246-0398 is the mathematics. I am in the building. I'm the mayor. I got my man, PJ, in the house with me. Um, we were talking some NBA, man. Um, we're going to get to some NFL now, so we're going to get a little... Uh, Popping things going on here, talking about this NFL thing. Sam Donald got traded hip hip parade. Um, the New York Jets just went through a, you know, you know, three or four years of nonsense with this guy, Sam Donald. A lot of people like him. I never saw what the deal was. Um, they should suggest to get enough, they, you know, enough of USC quarterbacks to Mark Sanchez. So what? He went to the AFC Championship game back to back years. So what? You know what I mean? If that's what you were hanging your hat on, so be it. Mark Sanchez is still garbage. I, you know, you throw that at me, I throw the butt fumble at you. You know what I mean? So um, now they've gone through another period. Sam Darnold, they traded him to the Carolina Panthers. Um, we were talking behind the scenes about, um, you know, your your skill level, you know, your value as a quarterback. Um, what you know? What people get? What 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 can people get for you in, in in trade? And for all the talk about what Sam Donald is going to do and what he did and how he's going to be and this and that, look what they got for him. Look what the 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 um, Jets got for Sam Donald. And you tell me how great or much potential this dude has. You know, on you know, um, as far as the NFL is concerned, his career is the former number three overall pick in 2018, right? Um, you don't understand. The Carolina Panthers gave up a six-round pick, a second-round pick in 2022, right, and a fourth-round pick in 2022 for Sam Darn. Um, Carolina's needed an upgraded quarterback for a minute now. Did they get one in Sam Darnold? I don't know. I don't think so. You know, um, you know, I was talking to PBJ behind the scenes, and he was like, yo, the Jets really didn't put, you know, Sam Darnold in any position to succeed. You know, um, he's always had the worst offensive lines, and, it's, and, the, and the skill players was really, you know, garbage for those three years he was there. Um, and he was being coached by Adam Gates. So when you say that, you know, you say, well, you want to give Sam Donald the benefit of the doubt. And, I mean, I'm down with giving Sam Donald the benefit of the doubt. Okay? I mean, when you throw all of that in the mix, you know, you have to say, well, okay, maybe he does need a fresh start. We're going to see what it is. But I think when you when you have um, Sam Donald, you know, coming, you know, behind, I guess, Teddy Bridgewater, um Really, I think you're taking a step, you're hustling backwards a little bit. Um, but I think that when you give or when you give Sam Darnold a, a, a solid offensive line like he's going to have in Carolina playing behind um, Matt Paredes and Taylor Moten, you know, and throwing the guys like D.D. Moore and Robbie Anderson, who was his teammate on the Jets for Darnold's first two years, you know. And then you add Christian McCaffrey who's going to take a lot of pressure off of Sam Darnold, okay? Um, I think, you know, you know, couple that with, 
you know, Matt Rule and, and the offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. I think that, um, you know, they're, they're built to make some things happen in Carolina. And hopefully Sam Donald could be the beneficiary of a uh, 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 scenery change and an upgrade in, you know, um, you know, team, you know. Um, I think, you know, when you talk about Sam Darnold, the Panthers are going to have, you know, Darnold on the contract for about maybe about a little bit over $4.5 million. Um, I think, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll pick up that fifth-year option. I think it's $18.9 million for next year. Um, and I think they'll give him two years to kind of like basically look at Sam Darnold. He'll be 24 and 25 years old in those seasons. Well, basically just, you know, give him, you know, barely decent low-end starter money for a second, a fourth, and a sixth, you know. So I think that um, Carolina, you know, they gave up, you know, not too much and really not a lot. But I think that, you know, Sam Darnold was going to have to bring back a return on their investment. And I think, you know, when you put those pieces around him, you know, he has no choice but to succeed. So when I'm talking to Bob behind the scenes, I'm like, well, you know, I'm not really a big Sam Donald fan. Good, bad, and different. You know what I mean? He was like, ah, well, you know, he's going to put him around. You know, his team was garbage with the Jets. What it was, it's true. So I got to have to, you know, let, you know, um, Sam Donald's play, you know, speak for himself. He's got, he's got a better, you know, cast around him now. So he should be better. Um, my thing was, why would the you know, Carolina Panthers all of a sudden give up on Teddy Bridgewater? You know, I mean, I think Teddy Bridgewater, to me, and I don't know if Bob wants to chime in on this, to me, if I had a choice of Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Donald, I'd take Teddy Bridgewater. I, You know, that's just me. But, again, at the end of the day, man, um, you know, when, when you talk, you know, Jets have a you know a chance to get a kid like um, Zach Wilson, um, or any one of those other quarterbacks that are out there, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, um, they just we've seen this movie before. They just went through the same thing three years ago. We got Sam Donald. So I don't know, man. It, it just it seems like you know the Jets are going to have to you know figure some things out. You know, I think that you know Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. If it was me or Mac Jones. If it was me, if I was doing the picking for the Jets, man, I would, you know, for me, I would have to eliminate Trey Lance first because now, you know, I don't trust that, that you know, that North Dakota State thing. No disrespect. You know what I mean? But I'm not really feeling that vibe. Um, Mac Jones, he seems like he was doing his numbers when I watched him in Alabama. Um, same thing with Justin Fields at Ohio State. Zach Wilson seems like, you know, he's got a little hum on his, on his arm there. So if it was me, um, I would have to, you know, say if I'm going to have to pick one of these dudes, give me Zach Wilson, but I'm going to need a veteran, a Zach Wilson, to learn behind. I'm not going to throw Zach Wilson to the dogs right yet. I, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. So I think that he would, you know, I would take him, and I would probably get me a, get, get a, a vet that I can, you know, um, you know that, that, that um, I can keep, you know, around for a year while – um, the kid Wilson is getting ready, you know. Um, the Jets, you know, knew that it probably didn't make much sense for them to keep Sam Donald around anyway, all right. Um, 
you know, he was going to count for nine over nine million on their on their books for this year. But I think that in essence, they made the they they made the deal. Um, he's going to carry a, a dead cap charge less with less than five million. So they saved some money, okay. And then you look at the fact how you know Sam Donald, the numbers he was putting up, you know, in three years, fifty nine percent completion percentage. 45 touchdowns, 39 interceptions, and 38 career games. You know, um, I think that, you know, even the fact that the, the Jets got a pick, you know, a pick that's going to be uh, probably a day two is probably still impressive. But those numbers that Sam Darnold put up. But you let people, you know, you let people, you know, talk to you and say, well, Sam Darnold is, you know, he, he you know, he's just with a, a bad team. That might be true. That might be true, but I think that, again, at the end of the day, man, um, you know, Sam Darnold didn't really play in the number of games he was supposed to play. Injury, you know, self-inflicted or not, um, but I think that he's going to have to do what he needs to do. Um, and what he needs to successful. What happened? Let's not forget ghosts. <laughs> Let's not forget what? what? Ghosts. Seeing ghosts. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeing ghosts. That's right, right, right. You know what I mean? So yeah, right, right, right. So I don't know, man. That's that's a whole bunch of stuff that he's dealing with. But like you said, man, on um, that that's PBJ in the building. Um, that he's going to a basically a better team. He's going to a better team. And I think that now, you know, in Sam Donald's case, he's gonna have to really, you know, it's on him now. It's on him. And um, I think with the New York Jets now, they get a fresh start. Um, Robert Sala now can kind of like, you know, focus in on that quarterback that they want. Um, again, um, you know, they have two first-round picks this year and next year, two seconds in, 20, you know, in 2022. Um, offensive line, they drafted, you know, Mikhail Becton and Denzel Mims last year. They signed Corey Davis, the receiver. So, again, um, I think that when you have um, – a guy like, you know, Salah, which is going to add some, you know, add, add a little bit of respect to what the Jets are trying to do. Um, and the Jets are going to know that they're going to have to, you know, crawl before they walk. I think that, you know, you know I don't want to say get rid of. I'm not going to say that. That's disrespectful. I say trading Sam Darnold was the best thing the Jets can do. I, I think that Zach Wilson, you know, was going to be the pick whether the Jets, you know, had Sam Darnold or not. I think that you know they were going to take, they were going to go quarterback and then they would have figured it out. You know, um, what do you think um, in regards to what your, um, your your draft board is looking like, Bob? Where do you have the kid Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida? Where do you have him going? Believe it or not, I actually have him going to my Miami Dolphins, actually. I have him going number six there to the Dolphins. I think he's, uh, I think he's a perfect fit there. You know, the guys guy can do both tight end and wide receiver. You know, it's just you know, you know, you know how how would I not want a guy like that on my team? I think you're gonna have to move up to move up if you want to get Kyle Pitts. I think he's, I don't think he's gonna last the six, man. I don't think he's gonna last the six. Uh, I, I, I like the game. He reminds me of a bunch of tight ends rolled into one. 
Uh, you know what I mean? You could start with, you know, for me, you could start with a guy like a, a Shannon Sharp. You could start with a guy like a John Mackey type, um, you know, a big guy that can go out there and get the ball and, and, and does some things with it. But if he, if he lasts a six, that'll be a blessing in disguise. Y'all, Tua will have a dope weapon. Tua will have a very, very dope weapon to go along with what he has right now. But um, I, I, I don't see him last until to six, man. Whew. I don't see – I think he's going to be um, – who do you have going in, in your first five – in your first five picks? Well, here was my 3.0 mock draft here. I uh, I actually got my first four picks, believe it or not, our quarterbacks. <laughs> you know, of course, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are one and two. I got Justin Fields, number three, going to the 49ers. And believe it or not, I got Trey Lance being picked up by the Atlanta Falcons because – you don't know for sure how long uh, Matt Ryan's going to last there, and uh, you want uh, you want Trey Lance to work out. You'll know, have him ride the bench behind someone like a Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. And my fifth overall pick, you know, I got uh, Penny Sewell going to the uh, going to the Cincinnati Bengals. Kyle Pitts going to the Dolphins. Jamar Chase going to the uh, Lions. Little treat there for uh, Jared Goff. <laughs> Should that happen? Rashawn Slater going uh, number eight to the Carolina Panthers. Denver Broncos getting Micah Parsons. And I got uh, Patrick Sertain going to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, my 4.0 mock draft, I'm still working on it. And, you know, there's a lot of changes already made here, you know, which uh, actually still has Trey Lance going number four, but off of a trade trade because a lot of people are saying the Falcons do not need to – change out quarterbacks just yet and uh, I was looking at that theory and saying what would they do trade down for what would, what would it be worth for uh, for for uh, for them to, to pick up you know would it be mm-hmm. worth it for them to try and see if Micah Parsons will land down at number 9 and uh, the Falcons pick that up because he makes more sense for the Falcons you know and um, the Broncos who aren't happy with Drew Locke Drew, and, you know, and, and I know in all due fairness, we got to be fair to the injury that Drew Locke dealt with. Right, right. And it's fairness, right. you know, because you know he and, played the last he played the last six games for uh, Denver and looked very impressive. <laughs> you know, the year before, so. Right. I, I mean, you know, I, I, so. I, I, like, I, like, I like Drew Locke, but I think you know, they, you know, let you know, let him work that out, man. Um, but go ahead, continue, man. What's the rest of your first round look like? Well, I won't go through all 32 teams here, but I will say this here for a lot of people that want to know where I got Mac Jones going. I've had so yeah, many yeah. different scenarios going with Mac Jones. I finally had Mac Jones being picked up by the Washington football team. However, I had this one going, and I had this one at number 19. But I also look at it now and saying that if the Redskins really wanted him or Washington football team, see how hard it is with that one. But uh, right, right, right. but uh, you know, I think I think you'd see a, a major trade down happen. You'd see a major trade down happen with either the Green Bay Packers, the Green Bay Packers, or or the Kansas City Chiefs. So they can just simply pick him up at the end of the first round instead of in the middle of the first round because. For people that that he that think he he's going to go number three, 
not going to happen. I'm not. I'm not buying into Mac Jones. Not saying Mac Jones is a, isn't a good quarterback. What well, wasn't a good quarterback? But I'm just. I'm not buying into him, and I. And I think you're going to find out that a lot of teams are not going to buy to him so early in the draft. He could easily be the one that gets picked up in the second round out of all five quarterbacks that they're talking about. You know, there's more quarterbacks out there. You know, there's still some talk going to other quarterbacks as well, too. But Mac Jones, do you go with him for starting for such a short time because of the pandemic? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, I mean, you know, so that's what you got to look at there. You know, I will say this. A lot of people have been asking me, where do I have Elijah Vera Tucker going? My 3.0 mock draft, I have him being picked up by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I, and I had the Steelers trading up in the second round just to get Travis Eatony, the running back, you know, just to get a running game going, and with Elijah Vera Tucker, who could play both both left side and right side as a guard or a tackle. Well, what would the Steelers be doing wrong? Right, because they could definitely use some more protection for Ben. Right, you're right. You're right. And it's you know, and, and getting that, getting a running back like that, less pressure for Ben. You know, right. Last, last one, I'll last one I'll bring up because a lot of people got Quiddy Pay going early, and then they'll have him going late later, and then have him going back early. I have Quiddy Pay in what is my 3.0 mock draft that I did. I have the Baltimore Ravens picking him up. Okay. You know, I have the Ravens picking him up at 27. You know, just for those that want to know, my Vidal fans out there, you know, you know, I'm, you know, I had the Dolphins actually trading down to later on in the draft and still landing Najee Harris. You know, and uh, so, but you know, is that what the Dolphins need? Would would uh, Najee Harris be good for uh, the Dolphins? Granted, he's another Alabama player, or should the Dolphins be considering their O line? Should they be considering that? If I'm the Dolphins and Penny Sewell lands in my lap at number six, I'm taking Penny Sewell. If, uh, yeah. if, 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 you can, if he lands there at number six, there's decisions to be made. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, you want do you want a, a, a receiver for Tua? Do you want, like I said, somebody put the backfield for him? Do you want some protection for him? You know, what do you do, man? What, what, what do you do? that's going to affect your team and affect Tua's career for the next, you know, seven to ten years. You know what I mean? So what would you do? If if PBJ is the general manager or the owner of the Miami Dolphins, who are you taking at number six? This pick right here is on you. Who who are you taking at number six? Knowing what you got. A young dynamic coach, a strong defense, and knowing what you need. Who are you taking, Bob, at number six? I would want to improve my offensive line. I would want to get Sewell. You know, I mean, you know, I, you know he, you know, yeah, you could say Rachan is, you know, is a much cleaner, cleaner player than 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 Sewell. But Sewell's much stronger. You know, he, you know, he's going to be a guy that that if he had to go up against some of the bad boys out there, you know, he's not going to take crap off of them. Plus, it lets you redo that offensive line because. Let's face it, Austin Jackson's a right tackle. He's not a left tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, Robert Hunt should be a guard. 
And Solomon Kinley should ride the bench until he until he learns something better about being a guard. Yeah, you know, so I mean, you know, the Dolphins' reality—they there are two picks that they need to make for the offensive line. And if it were up to me, they would get they they, they would get these two guys. You know, they, they for me it would be it would be pick six overall pick Penny Sewell. Okay. 18th overall pick, if you do not trade down, you know, get your running back. But you're going to have to pick 36. If he's not picked up, he lands in your laps. Get your center. Get Creed Humphrey. You know, and just get and get your, you know, and uh, you'll have, you'll still have two more picks between the second and third round to still work on your defense, which is still going to have capable players out there from edge rushers to linebackers you know and then that's where you work on that a little more but you gotta get you gotta get it right somewhere even if you go wide receiver the first overall pick right you know I mean you're gonna have to get the running back or you're with the uh, 18th pick or you're gonna have to see what's gonna be a better choice for you would it be better off if you maybe trade down and trade down and hope to uh, get a guy like and Alex Leatherwood, because you know that left side needs to be stronger. It just does. No doubt, no doubt, man. So, yeah, man, it's just going down. April twenty ninth, and uh, again, the drama is start. I mean, there's really no drama after the. I mean, you know, as far as number one, they know what's going on after that. But um, after number one, and probably after number two. Um, I would say number two because you really don't know who the Jets are going to take. I think they're going to take Zach Wilson. All right, but again, like you know, there, there's also some other things that can be thrown up in the mix. Justin Fields is out there. You know what I mean? Um, so this pick right here is going to be, you know, it, it, it's contingent on a lot of things, man. And you know, the Jets, so they they go into another quarterback situation, um, a new regime, um, a coach that comes from a winning situation. So hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll make the, the right moves come April 29th. And um, are we going to be in the building April 29th, man? Are we going to be doing this drafting or what? What's going on? Let the people know what's happening. All right. That's what it is. So we are in the building doing what we do. After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass, we will probably be in the building April 29th doing what we do, man, our draft like we do every year. Um, shout out to everybody doing what they do, man. Again, send one up for the homie DMX. I hopefully that um you know he can you know get through this, man, and 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 do what he needs to do and get back on track. Um, let me talk about the um national championship game. Yo, um, I don't know if you've been rocking with this show since the beginning or. You know, just getting in tune with it. Um, listen, man, I always say it stinks to go into a, you know, Final Four or, you know, something like that undefeated and lose in that game because you want to get that loss out the way. I, w- I wouldn't mind being a national champion at 35-1. and one. I wouldn't mind, not at all. But I don't want to go into the national championship game undefeated and not finishing the job. We know that hasn't been done since 1976 in Indiana. 
We know that, you know, since then there's been a few teams that, you know, the Kentuckys of the world, um, certain teams like that, UNLV, um, and they couldn't, you know, get the get the job done. You know, uh, Mark Few, he's had, you know, um, to me he's had better teams, you know. But uh, this team right here was the one that was supposed to be that one. Um, I watched that game. I had Gonzaga winning the championship. And to me, it just seemed like from the opening tip, you know, I think that, you know, it took them almost the first half of the first half, 10 minutes into the game to get right. Um, you know, they might have still been, you know, uh, you know, euphoric over the uh, Final Four victory, you know what I mean, over UCLA, which was a very, very dramatic win. Um, but Baylor, you know, everything that they threw up was going in. And, you know, Gonzaga couldn't make layups, you know what I mean? And we talked about the first half of the first half, right? Ten minutes into the game, it was 29 to 10. And Gonzaga looked a step behind all night. Gonzaga looked like their their heart really wasn't into it. Um, and Baylor was just playing ball. And I, and, I, and I think I mentioned on Twitter, it looked like, you know, it was five guys out there for Gonzaga, but it was – 12 guys out there for Baylor. You know, everywhere they went, they was in their chest. And I think that, um, you know, when you talk about, you know, a team like that, you have to, you know, really, you know, be able to get through these, you know, tough games and things of that nature. You know, Zaga, you know, again, man, um, you know, I think Mark Few, he gets closer and closer, man. All right. Um, Gonzaga, you know, we talk about, you know, them being the third team in title game history to take a loss after ending the game undefeated. Indiana State, remember in 79, they lost to um, Michigan State, you know, Maddie Johnson and them, and Ohio State in 1961. Um, again, I think that, you know, Gonzaga had a, a great team. Um, last four seasons, the last four complete seasons, Gonzaga has been running up twice. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, reality, you know, comes at you fast, man. You know, um, Baylor just, you know, really, really played a great basketball game. And they, they you know, had a great season all the way around. Shout out to them. You know, Big 12 and all of that. They really represented well. So I'm not going to take anything away from what Baylor did. You know, but I, I think rather, I would rather just kind of like say to Gonzaga, you know, what do you, you know, geez, what's, what's happening? You know, and then Mark Few is that, he turned into that guy who can't win the big one, you know, and, and again, you've had great teams. You've had teams, you've had great teams. Teams that should, you know, you should have, you should have one by now. But that's okay. That's okay because you're consistent. You know what I mean? Um, Arizona, you know, got rid of some, you know, some, I don't want to say dead weight, but again, um, you know, they were going through some things. Sean Miller, man, they were, they were going through some things in Arizona. You know, academic fraud, bribery, all types of stuff. So I think when you talk about, you know, coaches, you know, in college basketball, um, and this Arizona situation, I kind of, you know, kept a, you know, an eye on it a little bit. You know, I think that Arizona, you know, was maybe about 
you know, uh, a couple of years too late in firing, you know, Sean Miller. I remember um, one of his assistants, Book Richardson, was arrested and charged with federal crimes. You know what I mean? Talking about, um, you know, um, Sean Miller gave money to DeAndre Ayton to get him to come to um, that school, even if you think, you know, um, you know, the guy was lying. Um, there wasn't, there was denying that that they broke bad rules. You know what I mean? So again, um, the cloud of suspicion was already over, you know, Arizona man, and the recruiting fell off, and you could tell, you know, Arizona didn't get into the tournament in 2019. Um, they really didn't really have a great great team, you know, last year. And then they missed it again this season because, you know, they, they gave themselves a postseason ban to kind of like, you know, take the heat off of them, you know, for the you know, for future season. So um, now the question goes, why did they keep him all these years? I mean, they were winning. They were 300, TM won 300, to over 300 games, 302 to be exact, in 12 years at, at Arizona. Um, he was a Pac-12 coach of the year three times. They won the Pac-12 tournament three times. So Arizona really did their thing, man, and I think that was the reason why they stood by him. You know what I mean? Again, uh, I think that, um, you know, if they weren't winning, he would have been gone. So, um, you know, he had a preseason top 25, set the return. Um, it was, you know, he, he had, you know, he had to have, you know, support of, you know, I guess boosters. Um and I think that when you have the, the boosters, those are the ones that really provide all the dough. So you got to kind of like, kind of like feel them out and see where they're going and kind of like, you know, appeal, appeal to them. You know what I'm saying? So I think that um, if you, you know, do the science behind it, you look at it, it's kind of like they probably, you know, looked at the administration, probably looked at it and said, hey, man, you know, it's not really going to be to our best interest to keep him. So um, either way, you know, Sean Miller is out. So when you talk about, you know, um, you know candidates for uh, that job, you could talk about Eric Musselman, you know, at Arkansas. Um, you could talk about the guy at Georgia Tech, Josh Pastner. You could talk about... Um, um, Damon Stoudemire, okay, he coached at Pacific, and he used to play Arizona. You know, uh, you could talk about guys that are in the NBA now, Luke Walton, coached at Sacramento, and a Lakers assistant, Miles Simon. So I think that um, when you talk about finding a replacement for him, you're going to have to kind of like look at it from maybe a, um, you know, a, a, a in, you know, in-house kind of situation, kind of like North Carolina did with Yuba Davis. You know, I really think and hope that I hope that it really works out, man, at, at North Carolina, you know, um, with a Roy Williams retiring, that they replaced him with um, Yuba Davis. That is really a a dope situation. They said they're going to keep it in-house. That's another, that's the thing I was talking about North Carolina. You know, and I hope that he has a better go at it than Matt Doherty did. You know what I mean? They thought that they were going to have Matt Doherty around for 20, 25 years, and it, it didn't work. But I think that Hubert Davis, man, I think he's the, you know, the perfect guy that could, you know, um, be uh, the link to keep the, the thing going at North Carolina. You know, and, and again, respectfully, he is, you know, um, 
North Carolina is his, is his situation. Yeah, he represents you know the powder blue and all that. And I think that um, he is a uh, NBA guy. You know what I mean? Um, he got a chance to look at some of the top programs in the country by you know doing his you know job of moving around, being a you know a announcer, being a you know a analyst, things of that nature. Um, I think you know he is the guy. You know what I mean? He's got you know North Carolina ties. Remember, you know his uncle Walter Davis played for North Carolina. You know what I mean? In, in the seventies, right? So again, um, he's got you know family ties. So that that's that's a big thing right there. You know, um, and having you with Davis, he's going to be home. I don't think he's going to have like a lot to prove. I think he's just going to do his thing. I think he's going to be all right recruiting. I think now we're going to see guys from our era. You know, um, you know, doing their coaching thing. Shout out to you know, Patrick Ewan doing his thing, and so now Uber Davis. You know, he's a he's an ex Nick, so you know, I got you know, you know, hope that he, um, you know, does you know well and can continue to be a um, a great player as far as um, his career is concerned. All right. This is after further review, man, 2.0, a.k.a. Sideline Pass. We're doing what we're doing on a Wednesday night. Uh, Bob, let's take a pause to the cause real quick, man.
Yeah, uh, in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment, thou shalt condemn. Lord, give me a sign. For this is the heritage of the service of the Lord. And that righteousness is of me, said the Lord. Amen. Uh. Lord, give me a sign. I really need to talk to you, Lord. Since the last time we talked, the walk has been hard. Now I know you haven't left me, but I feel like I'm alone. I'm a big boy now, but I'm still not grown. And I'm still going through it. Pain and a hurt. Soaking up trouble like rain in the dirt. And I know only I can stop the rain with just a mention of my Savior's name. In the name of Jesus. Devil, I rebuke you for what I go through and trying to make me do what I used to. But all that stops right here. As long as the Lord's in my life, I will have no fear. I will know no from the light to the dark I will show no shame Spit it right from the heart Cause it's right from the start You held me down And ain't nothing they can tell me now Lord, give me a sign Let me know what's on your mind Let me know what I'm gonna find It's all in time Show me how to teach the mind Show me how to reach the blind Lord, give me a sign Show me what I got to do To bring me closer to you Cause I'ma go through Whatever you want me to Just let me know what to do Lord, give me a sign Show me something. I'm tired of talking to him, knowing he fighting. Crying about life ain't nothing. But you either be the one mad cause you trapped or the one hunting. Trapped in your own mind, waiting on the Lord. Or hunting with the word that cuts like a sword. The spoken word is stronger than the strongest man. Carries the whole world like the strongest hand. Through the trials and tribulations, you never let us down. Jesus, I know you're here with us now. Jesus, I know you're still with us now. Keep it real with us now. I wanna feel, show me how. Please let me take your hand. I walk slow, but stay right beside me. Devil's trying to find me. Hide me. Hold up. I take that back. Protect me and give me the strength to fight. Give me a sign. Let me know what's on your mind. Let me know what I'm going to find. It's all in time. Show me how to teach the mind. Show me how to reach the mind.
On March 22, 2021, Medford, Oregon faith-based broadcasting network and ministry, The Dove, had their First Amendment rights attacked and violated as they were permanently banned from YouTube, which is owned by Google. The only reason given to them for this banishment was that their content had violated the so-called community guidelines. This removal included over 15,000 videos of their guests and news broadcasts. Despite appeals and demands for the video's return, they are now permanently gone. The Dove has over 40 years of providing hope, encouragement, and giving a biblical perspective to current events. Despite these attacks on free speech, the Dove will not be silenced. They are finalizing plans to switch to a new digital platform, but they need your help. The new service will cost approximately $60,000 per year. Please pray about partnering with the Dove financially and helping them distribute their content and providing hope and encouragement to people all over the world. You could call them nationally at 800-373-5368, or you can give online at thedove.us. We at Action VR Network and our video platform, Action VR TV, took a stand in our support of the Dove by permanently deleting our YouTube channel that we operated for over 10 years, thus effectively canceling YouTube. This is in response to YouTube's cowardly actions against the Dove, who are currently seeking to take legal action. We encourage you to send a contribution to our new friends at the Dove as they look for a new digital platform to call home. Please support the Dove any way you can and end this big tech censorship once and for all. Again, that's 800-373-5368 or online at thedove.us. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped Every relationship we've cultivated belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge... I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. 102.5 KZOK with Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Danny, describe Hollywood for me in 15 words or less. No problem. I left as fast as I could and came to Seattle. Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Mornings on 102.5 KZOK. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? 
Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you could go to save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 541-423-5704 or message her at freedomlake.com slash gratefulheartphotography or heroes.app slash pages slash gratefulheartphotography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. During this crisis, over 37 million people don't have access to nutritious food. That's one in 12 seniors and one in seven children. But there is a way we can all help with Feeding America. Their network of 200 food banks are up and running, distributing food to communities in need around the country. If you need help or if you can help, please visit feedingamerica.org to locate a food bank in your community. Together, let's feed the love. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg 365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. If you love tie-dye, you'll love tie-dye and dream it. You can style in great handmade tie-dye clothing, such as T-shirts, sweatshirts, and even masks, which come in handy during this COVID-19 pandemic. The best tie-dye work at affordable prices. You can order your favorite items online at freedomlake.com slash tie-dye and dreamin', heroes.app slash pages slash tie-dye and dreamin', or you can call Abigail Summers and Susanna Caton at 541-423-5704 anywhere in the United States. Born in the Pacific Northwest, Tie-Dye and Dreamin' is the place for you. Give us a call and start Tie-Dye and Dreamin' today. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than One Nostalgic Weekend. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. 102.5 KZOK with Daddy Bonaducci and Sarah. What would you say is the strangest thing you've ever ridden? Well, uh, I've ridden an ostrich, but I'm really looking forward to being strapped to the front of a hydroplane. Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Mornings on 102.5 KZOK. Bong, bong, bong. We're back in the building, man. After further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. A little digital delay going on in the mix. We definitely apologize for that, but we are in the building live and direct. We got you, man. I, I mean, things happen. We apologize. We are in the building. Um, again, I was talking about Hubert Davis, man, um, his name is head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels um, college men's basketball team, which is a great look. <clears throat> and I hope nothing but the best happens for Hubert Davis, man. He definitely deserves it. Um, I want to get into some baseball before we get up out of here, man. 
You know what I mean? I want to um, talk about baseball because you all know baseball is my favorite sport. And the season just got underway and started. But there's two things that I want to talk about that pertain to um, off-the-field issues. I guess some Major League Baseball. One is them, Major League Baseball, uh, moving the All-Star game from um, Atlanta, Georgia, to uh, Denver, Colorado. And um, I don't, I don't really want to get into the political thing. I just want to talk about how um, I think it was the right move by Major League Baseball. Simple as that. I don't think that um, if you're denying people the basic right, excuse me, part itself, I think that um, you shouldn't take place um, in in any, you know, um, thing that's going to be an economic, you know, uh, uh, plus to to your city, to your state if you're denying people basic rights, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, some people say that the defense is that, you know, you're denying people that, you know, um, a paycheck. Um, I think the thing was bigger than paychecks, and those people have been without paychecks or whatever for a, a, a pretty long period now. And I think that the All-Star game, um, is bigger than you know somebody's you know m- you know g- getting money, you know it's about it's a principle, um, and I think if you know people also said well, um, you know how are they gonna you know they plan on paying you know tribute to you know Hank Aaron who just you know passed away, um, I'd say well if you want to do that you could move the All Star game to Milwaukee, you know but um, I think you know when you have those situations going on, man, it's, it's, it's tough, man, because you're not talking about the game. You're talking about everything else but the game, and I think that that's not what we want to do, you know. Um, I think that we can, you know, do better than, you know, having people, you know, um, be at odds and want to, you know, quote-unquote, you know, boycott baseball, which is never going to happen because, you know, we decide to do the right thing. You know, this is how you know how how crazy these people sound. I'm not. I don't want to mention names and none of that stuff. But I think that um, you know, baseball, you know, they're definitely doing the right thing by um, not having the All Star game in the state of Georgia. You know, moving it to Colorado. Um, I think that's 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 cool. But um, you talk about baseball, man. I, I you know, again. You know, uh, you know the, the Yankees are doing what they do. Um, Jamison Taylor, you know, had um, a nice start. Um, first start since 2019. He had seven strikeouts. Okay, um, I'm liking what we're doing so far. You know, we got um, uh, Luffman Odor from the Texas Rangers. You know what I mean? So we got some infield depth. Um, so far, so good, man. Um, but I want to say this about John Cole Stanton and Aaron Judge. Those dudes stink. Period. I've been tired of you know trying to you know wait for these dudes and you know and 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 try to you know uh, worry about they're gonna you know show up or not in big spots. Right now, I don't have any confidence in what they do. I think John Carlos Stanton has been a bust since he's been on the Yankees. 
He's turning into a bust. Aaron Judge, I, I don't know what to say about him either. Because these dudes are turning into Chris Davis. It used to be home run headers. Now all they're good is for air conditioning. Okay? Um, I, I think that with the Yankees, you know, need to um, get this offense started. The pitching is, you know, so far so good. I'm not mad at the pitching. Um, there's still a couple of teams that are waiting to start their seasons. Uh, the, the, the New York Mets and the Washington Nationals have not got to see, have not got to play yet. You know, and um, it's, it's crazy because, you know, we're dealing with as far as this pandemic thing is concerned. Um, you know, we talked about some, some things happening with some teams as far as baseball is concerned. San Diego Padres, a lot of people talked about them. I talked about them. Um, and they're doing, you know, their thing. They took three out of four um, and, and doing what they need to do, man, as far as getting off to a good start. Um, the Los Angeles Angels, we talked about them. I know I, I like them. They took three out of four from the Chicago White Sox. That's a team that a lot of people like. Um, the Houston Astros, they, they ran through the Oakland A's. They swept them, Okay. Um, the Astros scored 35 runs in those four-game series. Oakland scored nine. You know, and I think that um, what happened with the, the, the Oakland fans trying to, you know, get at the Houston Astros for, you know, the, 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 the garbage can thing and, and the cheating and all of that, it kind of worked against them, you know. And I think Houston Astros, they didn't really they didn't miss George Springer at all. You know, um, and the Philadelphia Phillies, they swept the Braves. The Braves have won the National League East three straight years. Okay. Um, the Phillies have won the, you know, the worst bullpens in history last year. And so far this year, you know, the Phillies relievers, seven and third score innings with 11 strikeouts, and they only gave up one hit. All right. So I think that, um, you know, the Cleveland team is is, is kind of you know got off to a start that people thought they would after they traded um, Francisco Lindor. Um, they, I just think that when when you talk about losing two or three games to the Detroit Tigers is is, is, a, is a rough way to start the season, but the Tigers didn't look good. Um, the Boston Red Sox, you know, outside of changing their uniforms to that crazy color. You know what I mean? Um, salute to the Boston Marathon and all that, but that that uniform is crazy. Um, they were swept by the Baltimore Orioles. They were outscored eighteen to five. No offense and bad pitching. You can't you can't win you can't win that way. You know. So um, hopefully you know. Well, not really hopefully, but um, the Yankees need to get their thing together, man. And as far as the Mets, we haven't even seen them yet this season. So we'll have to figure that out as far as um, the Major League Baseball thing is concerned. Okay. Um, some scores for you. The Orioles at Yankee Stadium is 2-2 in the ninth inning. Nobody out. Colorado, the Rockies are hosting the Arizona Diamondbacks. It's one nothing in the third. Um, Atlanta defeated Washington in seven innings, 7-6. Seven Cincinnati Reds looking good. They defeated the Pirates 11-4. The Boston Red Sox, they beat the Tampa Bay Rays 9-2. And uh, other scores, we have the um, 
Minnesota Twins defeating the Detroit Tigers three to two. Cleveland Indians over the Kansas City Royals four to two. Texas Rangers over the Toronto Blue Jays two to one. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers over the Chicago Cubs in ten four to two. The Oakland A's over the Dodgers four to three and ten. And in the second game of the doubleheader, the Atlanta Braves over the Washington Nationals two to nothing. The Phillies defeated the New York Mets eight to two. St. Louis Cardinals over the Miami Marlins seven to nothing. The San Francisco Giants over the San Diego Padres three to two. And the Seattle Mariners over the Chicago White Sox eight to four. Um, another thing that I wanted to talk about, man, was the Texas Rangers and um, their decision by their ownership and the franchise to have uh, 100% capacity for their new stadium um, for opening day, which was on Monday. I thought that was a crazy move then. I think it's a crazy move now. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and the reason why I say that is why would you have 100% capacity or opening day and then go back to social distancing for the rest of the season? It makes no sense. But I'm not running the franchise out there. You know what I mean? I'm not really starving for people to come and, and, and be, you know, 41,000 deep. I'm not, a, I'm not trying to be in a situation like that. Um, but, you know, I guess it is what it is, man. We always talk about, you know, the sports thing and, and wanting to have fun and, and, and making it, you know, a, a great situation is this is all we got. But at the end of the day, it always goes back to economics. It's about money. Cash rules. You know the vibes. So I think that when you talk about a team like the Texas Rangers and um, what, they, what they did, I don't think they were doing any, any, any earth-shaking, earth-shattering moves that anybody else is going to follow. I think, you know, when you talk about wanting to bring fans back, I think, you know, we talk about having, you know, 15, 20%, you know what I mean, depending on where they are, you know what I mean, um, especially right now when you have, you know, more access to um, what's going on as far as the um, the um, vaccines are concerned. So I think people, are, you know, kind of feel a little bit more comfortable about even going to the ballpark and, you know, enjoying themselves and things of that nature. As long as they're doing it social distancing, and um, you know, you can't you can't argue with that. But I think you know you have to work your way up to you know maybe half capacity, and you know you know three quarters of capacity, then maybe eventually one hundred percent, maybe by the hopefully by the end of the summer. But I don't think it's going to be like that because people you know don't know how to behave, and I, and I hate to say it like that, man, but. People are still aren't respecting me. They think that the shot makes them, you know, um, immune to what goes on. And um, again, I'm the I'm the type of person I really I can't fluctuate in how I feel. I can't, you know, look at you one type of way one day when you're ignoring um, safety guidelines, and then looking at you another way after you you know you end up unfortunately, you know, catching this you know this disease. You know what I mean? Now I gotta feel sorry for you. That's not gonna happen. You know, so that that's just that's just what it is right there. So hopefully people are doing what they need to do and it's affecting, you know, everything, every walk of life. 
you know, you just have to be careful, man. And still, man, um, you have to um, make sure that you're, you're taking care of your business, man. I this is after further review, man. Two point oh, aka the sideline pass. Um, <clears throat> I talked earlier about the Boston Red Sox and this uniform that they will be wearing um, on Patriots Day weekend. All right, this uniform. I don't know if you've seen it. It's um, part of the City Connect. Uh, series, um, and it doesn't look anything like the Boston Red Sox uniform you're used to seeing. First of all, it's bright yellow with, like, sky blue letters and says Boston on it. Oh, man, it's, it, it's a different look, but I guess this is, you know, they're trying to, you know, I guess connect with other, you know, fans and things of that nature or whatever, but it is nowhere near the Red Sox jersey that you are used to seeing so um people will probably have their own you know they're forming their opinion on on the look and i, I mean it, it's paying homage to the uh boston marathon which is cool i'm not mad at that so i guess it's just it's something that's different and um you know they want to you know make some money selling some more jerseys i ain't mad at that either but it just is what it is man you know um, I hope the Yankees don't do anything like that where they're going to, you know, get their uh, uh, purple jersey or something. But uh, we're, not, we're not doing that. We are definitely not doing that in New York. All right, let's go to the hockey chamber. I got my hockey people covered before we get up out of here, man. All right, um, let's get some scores popping as far as the NHL is concerned. We got you covered as we do. Get at me on Twitter, man, RMDES. That is the... Name and the handle, you can get at me on Twitter. I RM Desk, I definitely get at you. I, my crew, No Knockoffs Radio, we're in the building every Thursday, I mean, every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night from 9 to 11 Eastern Standard Time. That's what's up. I, hockey, hockey scores for you Toronto. Um, the, the Maple Leafs lead the Montreal Canadiens 2 to 1 in the third period. I, um, St. Louis leads Las Vegas. 2 nothing in the first period. Uh, the Minnesota Wild in Colorado, 2 nothing in the first period. And uh, Edmonton over Ottawa, 4-2. And the Arizona Coyotes and the Los Angeles Kings getting on at 10 o'clock in L.A. Um, I mean, look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, and people are saying that they're no longer the best team in the league. You know, the Colorado Avalanche, that people have been talking about them for a long time, and they're finally making some moves. I think, you know, Nathan McKinnon and those guys are, you know, doing, you know, their business. They're 15, 2, and 3 in the last 20 games. They're, you know, dominating possessions. They're, you know, they're just killing teams night in and night out. Um, I think there's over a month to go in this, you know, it's kind of, you know, condensed regular season. You know, Colorado's really, really getting hot. You know, and but I think they have to worry about you know the Vegas Golden Knights, who you know really, really been hanging around the top all season long. They haven't been going anywhere since this franchise has been in existence. The team has been good. I um, I think that you know they're right now. Mark Andre Fleury hasn't really been at his you know at his peak lately. Um, he's one and four in his last five starts, um, and I think that yeah, hopefully he'll step it up. You know, as you know when the playoffs get closer. You talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, you know, they won five in a row, then they lost three straight, then they won two in a row, and then they got killed by Detroit. 
Um, I think that, you know, when they realize they're about to get Nikita Kucherov back for the playoffs, I think Tampa Bay will be all right. Um, Colorado, you know, they, they've, done their, they've done their business. They're killing it right now, and you've got to respect what they're doing. Um, the Hurricanes, Carolina, uh, again, you know, they're a team that people kind of slept on. But I think that Marty Neckes is really, really doing his thing, man, and he's making this team fun to watch. Um, you know, it, it, it's just, it's just, you know, almost, you know, the, the close of another NHL season. They kind of condensed it, broke it down a little bit, and um, the teams that you expect to be at the top are at the top and then handling their business. And then you got the New York Rangers. Um, you got five points. You know what I mean? And doing our numbers, man, you know, and, and, and things are starting to come together. This is a young team, you know, um, but you got to give them, you know, a little bit credit of, of treading water right now. They, you know, they're over 500, you know what I mean? And, and I got to give them all the credit in the world for doing what they do. All right. This is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We got the three-minute rant coming up right now, and I'm going to get out of here. All right. Um, the three-minute rant, I watched um, – Something on 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 YouTube. Um, it's called Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson, and in an episode with you know um, the two sugars, Sugar Shane Mosley, Sugar Ray Leonard, and um, Thomas Hitman Hearns. It was a very very um, entertaining episode. Um, if you haven't seen it, please watch it. If you're a boxing fan. If you're a boxing fan, please watch that episode, Hot Box with Mike Tyson. Um, they kind of, you know, you know, um, we relived and replayed the um, um, Trigger Leonard and Thomas Hearns fights. They kind of, you know, commentated on it and they had fun with it, talking about it. Um, they they paid respects to Marvin, marvelous Marvin Hagler. Uh, I talked about his career. They talked about Roberto Duran. Um, it was really, really a great, you know, conversation. Um, Shane Mosley talked about his situation with Floyd Mayweather. Um, it was really, really great. So you make sure you check that out, man. And um, the thing I got most out of that was that, you know, after all these years, man, these guys, man, um, they still, you know, have great, you know, admiration and respect for each other, you know. And I think especially when you talk about, you know, guys like, you know, Thomas Hitman Hearns and, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, um, those guys, you know, kind of like carried the mantle. They weren't scared to fight each other, you know, numerous times, you know. And, um, again, you know, they had fun. You know, this is kind of like, you know, a behind-the-scenes book. This is not nothing you're going to get on network television. You know what I mean? You want, you want to talk about you want the real. This is, this is definitely a real conversation that these guys have. So, again, man, I, I, I learned a lot. Mike Tyson, he... You know, he admires these guys. You can see how he acts. He, you know, he's giddy. He's excited. I'm not mad at that, as he should be. You know what I mean? And he's in, the, you know, he's in the presence of greatness. You know, as great as he is, he still, you know, considers himself in the presence of greatness when he's around. You know, you know these these all timers, these hall of famers, these these no doubters, these guys that I felt privileged to to watch at their peak. I saw all of those guys at their peak. You know what I mean? And, and, and I talk about them and we'll talk about them like, you know, um, you know, our fathers and uncles and stuff talked about the Marcianos and the, and, and, and the, and the Ray Robinsons. We never saw those guys. You know what I mean? 
I think I go back to like Ali, you know what I mean? Um, and I think that when you talk about, you know, right now, I can, you know, have a conversation. Yeah, sure, sure, wait a minute. I watched his whole career from, you know, 76 Olympics, you know, up until it was over. You know what I mean? So I think that, you know, um, definitely watch that. You get an insight to these guys and how they felt about each other during their career and how they feel about each other now. You know what I'm saying? So make sure you check that out. All right, and that's the three rant. We're going to get up out of here. This is Left Handed, a.k.a. RM Deaths. We got music coming. We got a whole lot of stuff coming for you, man. Make sure you check us out. All right, this is the first Review 2.0, a.k.a. The Sideline Pass, every Wednesday night, 8 to 10 p.m. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Thank my man, PBJ, a.k.a. Pretty Bob James, a.k.a. The Ubiquitous Bob James. I'm going to get out of here. I'll holler at you all next week. All right, make sure you do your due diligence, man. Mask up. All right, wash your hands and all that good stuff. All right, I'm out. Peace.